Hello, my name is Alexander Morari, and I'm the founder of IT Key Media. You've tuned into our podcast about Central and Eastern European startups that are in pre-series A stage. Our guest today is uh, Remus Pop, the co-founder of Neurolabs. That's a company that builds a computer vision platform, allowing users to build custom image recognition algorithms using 3D models. Buna ziwa. Remus. <laughs> Buna, Buna ziwa, Alex. <laughs> How are you? Kum, kum, kum stai. Maybe this is more Italian than Romanian. <laughs> Sorry if I didn't uh, quite um, hit the, 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 the bull, bullseye there. Look, uh, before we start with the scenario itself, um, I cannot avoid uh, a question about a new universe, AR, VR kind of centered. That is one of the tech giants. I mean, two, at least two tech giants are about to uh, introduce into our lives and basically make, make our lives less real, more AR and VR driven. What do you think of Metaverse? Let's start with Facebook's Metaverse. And will you find a place of your product or your, or, or your, your solutions in this uh, Metaverse? These are two great questions. I think uh, these two questions can keep us busy for, um, for the next hour or so. Uh, to make it yeah. easier for you, you have two minutes. Okay, what, what do I think about Metaverse? I like it and I don't like it. I think I mostly don't like it, but I can help uh, thinking about it because uh, eventually I do believe that it will play a, a, a big role in our lives. Um, it's probably not something that uh, will be done in the next five, maybe not even like 10 years. Yeah, we'll have like some first versions of that, some prototypes, but... Like if you ask me about the real, real metaverse, I think that's there's going to be a a, a wow place uh, and a, a very a very challenging uh, engineering and technological uh, um, project, but uh, also like challenge for for humanity. Uh, but yeah, I know I, I I might be a little bit more you know I, I'm from uh, those generations that grew up uh, playing uh, in the backyard uh, with other kids uh, not playing computer games all day or like not relying on uh, av avatars to to replace their social interaction so when i think about uh, the metaverse in from that perspective i i, I don't yeah i'm not a big fan of the idea <laughs> I, I i'm not sure that what we need currently is less physical interaction to put it that way <laughs> so um, mixed feelings uh mixed feelings but also in the inclination is closer to negative. Same with me. I am a uh, you know outright opposer and 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 protester basically against against this. Um, and now, what about what about your product and solution? Uh, would you, do you think you will find a good place in this metaverse for yourself? Yeah. So I actually I think this this question uh, couldn't be a better time than uh, than now. We just spent like together with my co-founders and um, our existing investors. We spent last weekend together, uh, basically for two days, just talking about uh, how Neurolabs fits into the metaverse world. Really, ten years and beyond story. Um, so our thesis really is about you know whereas currently you see a lot, uh, like a lot of effort going towards moving the real world into the virtual world like like let's digitize everything let's 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 move take reality and move it over in the uh, digital domain digital space well, what we are doing uh, and we want want to keep doing long term is actually because there's no there, there's no question this is the big macro trend we want to 
you know, join the trend, but then also like take, like do interesting stuff in the metaverse and you extract in, uh, intelligence and use useful information and then bring it back to the real world. So we definitely don't want to, to break this link between, you know, real and virtual. We want to make use of the vo virtual world in order to uh, uh, improve the real lives. So yeah, we, we are joining the trend, going digital, but then uh, our core thesis is to, to bring it back, like to go from digital to real. So digital is a tool for you, not a final uh, destination. Okay. Or yeah. let's say a compass, a compass back to reality, physical reality. Okay. Now, now the actual start, uh, the, actual, the actual beginning of the conversation is with round one and round one is about the solution, the product. So now uh, let's start with you defining what you're doing, uh, why you're doing, who you're doing this for, and then we'll jump in, into a short uh, demo of the product itself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So, uh, what are we doing at Neural Labs? It's is uh, really trying to change the way computer vision is done today. So maybe we can start with uh, computer vision. Like, what is computer vision at the end of the day? So, if AI is about uh, you know having uh, machines thinking or like reasoning to some extent, then computer vision is uh, uh, having those machines like seeing. It's kind of like the seeing part um uh, of the ai now as you can imagine seeing in general well for us humans is is probably if not the core um uh, process uh, like uh, uh sensory input process then it's definitely one of the the, the core ones so it's a similar story in uh, in ai uh, computer vision plays one of the most important uh parts in uh, within ai uh, and it's uh, it's quite it, it, it's present everywhere around us. Uh, we we might or might not be aware of that, but it's it's already quite ubiquitous, and it is definitely going to be everywhere in in uh, in two five or like you know ten years time, of course. So uh, right now, you know, computer vision is about humans teaching machines how to see. Uh, what we are trying to do is, is we want to get the humans out of the loop in a way. And we can talk about uh, why we want to do that, why we believe that having the human input uh, in, uh, in, in, in the process is, um, is restricting uh, or it's kind of constraining the, 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 the full power of the technology in a way. Uh, but what we want to do is we want to kind of like, we, we want to allow, we want, to enable machines to teach themselves how to see, so we want to uh, uh, get a, get re remove the human uh, human input in the whole process. And um, why we want to do that? Well, this this will enable, first of all, a next level of computer vision, because uh, as long as the humans are present in the whole process, uh, we we restrict the the, the performance, both like the speed, but also the performance of the computer vision, um, and. It, of course, at the end of the day, the applications that computer vision enable. Um, and there's no point to do that. Um, and I can give you here a very good analogy with chess. So humans were uh, much, much better than any computers up until, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the end of last, uh, last millennium, but uh, more so uh, in early 2000s. And, uh, you know, around 2010, DeepMind managed to, you know, teach uh, the computers how to play chess by, 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 well, they enabled computers to teach themselves how to play chess. And uh, so all of us- a learning, learning loop kind of, right? Uh, and yeah. there's, 
developing them their their skills while playing or probing or, or yes. trying different versions and so on yeah okay and moreover chess you say chess even more more a bigger achievement for computers was to win over human in a go game right yeah yeah of course of course but i think even like the, the chess analogy is, is, is a great starting point just because i would imagine chess uh, at least here in europe chess is a lot more uh, uh popular and yeah rings uh, more bells but well, the point I'm trying to make is that the moment DeepMind managed to uh, take out the, the human input, uh, like the, the you, you can think about it as domain expertise, right? And yeah. as long as human, it's, it's limited, it, but it's great, right? I mean, if you bring together uh, 10 um, uh, like grandmasters in chess, of course, they, they, they are putting a great performance. But the moment they, they abstracted away the human in the loop, this enable like a new sort of uh, uh, of 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 level for for the chess to be played by the by the machines, and we've we've started to see like an increasing uh, gap between what machines can do today uh, when it comes to chess and what humans can do. So what we are doing at Neuralize is we are, we, we want to achieve a similar um, uh, fit, but for computer vision, we want to take. Uh, you know the human because at the end of the day humans they are the ones responsible for collecting the data humans need to curate that data human needs human needs to think about the the right data to fit the algorithm so that, there's a lot of uh, not just like first order level but even like higher level input from uh, even like supervision level um, input from from the humans and we want to abstract away all these um, interference in a way and let machines first of all generate their, their own data but also teach themselves like using the best yeah, yeah. Uh, ramos would you agree that for humans uh, there's this uh, well-known saying that seeing is believing and in computer vision context seeing is actually recognizing so anyways humans are needed in the very beginning to set the the system into motion and, and then your hope is that the computer will learn what new New categories of vision, like of visual objects, is this the idea? So the idea is that uh, let, let's say uh, what we want to do is we want humans to come in and say, "I need, I need this, I need to recognize these objects." Let's say in in this camera input, or I need, I need mm -hmm. an automated way of keeping an eye on X, Y, Z. Uh, so basically, humans are 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 defining the the real world application and i think this is what humans should do now you know we, we we could stop there let's let's just stop there and let machines kind of like uh, do the rest of the work that's that's what i'm trying to say i have to ask you do you plan or are you using now the gpt3 generation or plan to use this because like some of the applications in gpt based on gpt3 from what i know are also based on humans giving verbal definitions that are now that then are resulting into a visual uh, representation of those definitions are you using gpt3 or planning to or is it helpful in any case in any sense uh we, we were not using gpt3 uh our, our... Our core focus is actually we, we, we want to, to to give you the tool to um, to, to, to be able to, to narrow down on your specific use case very, very quickly. Uh, GPT-3 is, is really, it's great. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing what uh, those people managed to do to put together. But if you think about GPT-3, uh, why do you think it works so well? 
uh, of course, it's it's about the algorithm, but it's about the data behind the algorithm. So yeah, it all begins with that, that data. And actually, this brings us to, um, to to a very interesting topic and kind of like one of the main reasons why Neurolabs is around data. Uh, data is very scarce these days. And if you look at, of course, uh, wait, 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 say, say it again. What do you mean? What do you mean? Data is very scarce. We are flooded with data upon data upon data layers and uh, uh, ex explain, expand on this. Like, what do you mean data is scarce? You mean useful data or data you can apply to your specific use cases? Exactly. So there's a, you are absolutely, there's a lot of noise, right? Uh, there's a lot of noise okay. out there. Yeah. Okay. Data and good quality data is very scarce. And if you want to transform noisy data in, into good good data that you can rely on in order to uh, build real world applications then you need uh, to put a lot of effort both in terms of money but also in terms of time so you need you need people to curate the data that that's a very manual process but even like even let's say you manage to to curate the data and you 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 prepare all the data that you need let's say millions of uh, images for your specific uh, use case now this this data in many uh, in many real world applications is very perishable. So the data today won't help you in one year time. And think about the, uh, the, the, like the, the retail space or like supermarkets, you go to a supermarket, right? Yep. Yeah. And I'm talking about this because we, we are very active in that space. So let's say you build, um, um, it's, it's very trendy at the moment, this cashless checkout, right? Um, in in yep. the UK, two companies like Tesco is um, experimenting with that. So you, one way to do that using traditional computer vision is to collect a huge amount of data. And here we are talking about millions of uh, images. And it's not just that data needs to come in, in, uh, in, in, um, in, in huge size, but also the diversity, you need to capture a very, very diverse data set. So imagine how many different settings can be inside the store. You know, you may have the light, the lightning a bit off uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot of variability inside the real, real world environment. So let's say you manage to collect the data, you train a model, but then, uh, you know, 20, 20, between 20 and 25% of the current products in, in a supermarket, they won't be there in six months time, just because the, the, the pace of the changes in, in, uh, in products is very, very high in the retail space. So even if you do it, if you even you collect the data, by the time you're done, you know your data is a bit obsolete. You, you can rely on that data too. So it's not a, it's okay. not a feasible approach to automate. So what, what you want to say? It's easy. You can you can you can invest time, money, effort into creating static sets of data, but it doesn't help you uh, all along the, uh, like down the road because very very often half of the SKUs or, or like retail stock keeping units or, or product categories, let's say, they are changing all the time because new companies come into the shelf kind of, um, I mean, in, into the deal with the network, the retail chains and so on and so on. Okay, clear. Look, I think now it's high time for, for us to, to try and dive into the product itself so that you visualize to ourselves uh, like what you're talking about, okay? me by the hand and guide me through the product uh, or, or the program as in as, as a user would see and uh, yeah the floor is yours let's move on sure, sure. so um, before i show you the, the 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 product which is a platform i just want to uh, put everyone uh, in, in into context so uh, one one of the use cases for example that um, one 
could build through our platform is uh, uh, for for a supermarket store, let's say uh, monitoring the shelves. So basically what you are doing here is you're capturing um, uh, a camera stream and uh, you, you are taking pictures of the shelf and you want to recognize uh, uh, each individual SKU um, in, in the picture and you want to know if something is uh, missing, if you want to count each, uh, each, um, each, each product. And um, at the end of the day, you want to turn all these shelf insights into some actionable um, uh, operations for, uh, for the supermarket. But this is kind of like just one, uh, one specific use case. And I'm going to show you how you can do that uh, very quickly on our platform. So this is our platform. Uh, it's still uh, it's still work in progress. Um, we at, at the moment it focuses a lot on on generating the data. So I talked a lot about uh, how important um, data is to 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 computer vision, and without data, basically you don't have computer vision. So this platform gives you the option to generate the data that you need uh, to train the algorithms. And uh, behind. Uh, be behind this platform um, is what we call synthetic computer vision. So instead of uh, capturing real data, we use synthetically generated data. And what is that? So it all starts with um, with three D models of the real uh, product. So here you can see a three D three D model. This is what I mean by a three D asset. So we we digitize. We build a digital twin of uh, every single uh, real SKU. And um, on our platform, you, you can find a catalog. So here it's predominantly focused on the grocery space. Um, but here you can uh, see like different categories and behind uh, each of these uh, images is actually a 3D model. Um, and uh, what you can do is uh, you can very, very quickly generate a, a data set. So, you know, you can pick whatever products are of interest to you. Um, you can regroup them uh, if you wish. Um, then you go in here and here basically we give you the option to uh, select what's your use case. What are you interested in specifically? So it can be, uh, you know, let's say I'm interested in the supermarket shelf monitoring use case. Then as, as you see here, it already, it, it comes with a few pre-built scenes because what we are doing um, uh, in, in, in the back is to, take the 3D models that you uh, are interested in and putting them like create, generating some virtual worlds and putting them inside those virtual worlds and varying a lot of different parameters and varying uh, camera, camera angles, varying the, the lightning. So at the end you get, uh, so here I, I won't generate, but basically it's, it's as easy as it can get is a three, four uh, click process. But then at the end, uh, you get a data set. Um, actually, let me maybe check this one. So it takes uh, a few minutes and uh, you can get the data set that, uh, you know, it, it looks like this. So of course it, it's stuff that varies from very basic, you know, very like close up uh, instances products to uh, more complex stuff, you know. Uh, so there's a lot, we, we spend a lot of time in terms of um, ident identifying the right, um, the, the, the right methods that uh, work for this uh, synthetic um, synthetic data generation. And we tried to uh, put them behind this uh, platform. So this is how you would like generate uh, your own data. Uh, of course, as I said, uh, it, it can be 
like the complexity of the data can be increased a lot. But if you look here, so this is a, uh, actually if I, this is a synthetically generated data. So the Red Bull here is not a real Red Bull. It, it, this image was generated from a 3D uh, model. And then you can your data set. And of course, uh, here we are building up um, the entire stack, like technological stack that gives you almost in a like, um, uh, in, in a plug and play way, gives you the option to connect one of your existing cameras, let's say from a store, uh, generate your data. Uh, you'll be able very soon to train your own model. And actually we'll, we want to abstract that step away as well. So you'll go from like selecting your, objects or your SKUs that they're interested in to selecting a camera stream. You can also build like a map of the shelf if you want to get like additional information and just deploy it really in a matter of hours. You can have a, a, a model deployed um, in your uh, desired solution. So what we give you at the end of the day is, is this train model, an API, and then you can use it in any, uh, any workflow that you, uh, you wish. Okay. Ramos, do you start? Is your starting to is your starting point to create three D assets in cooperation with producers and manufacturers? You mentioned many brands, and I understand so you try to recruit them, so to say, into into like providing their products for your three D modeling. And then, if I'm your client, and so let's say I have a network of a chain of ten shops. So I come to your to your 3D asset database, I understand, and choose from whatever you have there, choose um, the 3D assets to correspond my own offer or my own shelf content, right? Okay, Clay. So basically it's very ambitious. You your 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 goal down the road is to have what virtually every product on the market. Yeah, yeah. So we are um, modest, modest, okay, Mo okay. Not much more just gathering a huge collection of SKUs, right? Uh, although we 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 are building kind of like the the largest uh, collection of 3D assets for the for the grocery space in the world. Uh, however, we are focusing a lot on, uh, as you mentioned, on uh, figuring out that that process that allows us to to create these 3D assets before they actually end up being uh, uh, on the shelf. Like before they end, before a new product ends up being sold uh, in, a, in a store, yeah. we, we have that 3D asset. So we can basically, we can prepare uh, the algorithm in advance to recognize the new, um, the new comings. So your ultimate goal is pretty ambitious, um, is what to, in, to, to, to have an all-encompassing and all-inclusive kind of database of 3D assets. And of course, your success will depend whether or not the producers of these grocery, I mean, products for, for grocery stores and so on will open up, so to say, their, um, their digital uh, assets uh, to your database. Is this one of the biggest blocking or, or you know, stumbling block right now, would you say? Uh, to be completely honest, not really. Uh, okay. We, we, okay. We have figured some some ways um, uh, about how to go. Uh, sorry, I think the the light uh, got a lot dimmer. Um, we it, it's not. You're right. Uh, we are putting a lot of, a lot of effort in uh, in terms of sourcing the digital content 
straight away from the manufacturers uh, because we need that digital content in order to build these uh, digital twins of the real product. Now, um, we, we, we have a pretty good like pipeline in place. Uh, we work with some of the, the big manufacturers. Um, of what we are really striving towards is to, uh, to, to make it obvious to everyone along this grocery value chain, the benefits of um, computer vision based automation. Because to me, you know, it's it's a very hard sell to go to a manufacturer and say, "Hey, give me give me your data," because uh, I'm working with the supermarket and uh, I, I I need your data to help this supermarket out, because they'll be okay. What's in for me? So, but the thing is, if everyone comes together, that there's something for everyone uh, involved. So the pie just gets bigger, and there's a a bigger slice for uh, for everyone. Because okay. let's let's take the shell monitoring use case. Um, you know, having having uh, shelf availability at, at all time is 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 in uh, everyone's interest. Is in the supermarket's interest because they sell more. It's in the uh, manufacturer's interest because, of course, they also sell more. So it's it's kind of like a win-win situation. So with the same solution, we can uh, we can get both the supermarket and the manufacturer to to join forces and reap the benefits of computer vision. So we we are playing more on kind of like trying to 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 connect a little bit various players um within this uh, grocery value chain uh but it's 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 a tough challenge to be honest uh but i i do believe that it's kind of like the only way to fundamentally uh improve uh this space because there are many many inefficiencies and you know i don't want to get too philosophical but there are many, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, sustainability issues that come into play, like food waste and all that stuff. Yeah. But basically, what I'm trying to say is that co computer vision, the same technology that we are developing, the same technology that, uh, so the computer vision we are generating from the same 3D assets can be very, very useful to multiple players within the value chain at different stages uh, in this uh, chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the product life cycle, it's a life cycle stage. Okay, uh, Remus, tell me, um, what's the current, um, what's the current status of uh, implementing this in real life? Do you have any like pilots or clients or paying uh, clients? And while we are at this, uh, what's the pricing um, model or what's what's the what's the business model behind that? The, whatever you can share, of course. That's uh, that, that sounds more like the the. The, the one of the questions that the investors would ask. <laughs> no, but it's a very good uh, it's a very good question. Uh, I mean, to be completely honest, it's still uh, it's still work in progress, uh, figuring out the the perfect um, you know product market fit, but also figuring out the best way to monetize the, uh, our, our technology. So we uh, we are selling directly to uh, end customers to big large supermarket chains. Uh, so far, uh, we we sold the technology. We piloted and deployed the technology uh, at two of the biggest uh, grocery chains in Europe. Um, with one of them, uh, we we just went live, so uh, I, I can I can talk too much about that. Uh, more more to come in the in the following days. Um, however, we are also working uh, closely with some of the uh, solution providers. So these solution providers, they are like the the. The companies in the value chain that have been working with the end customer for a long, long time. So, 
basically what they do, they take our technology and, uh, you know, they, they either um, use our technology to design their own solutions or they take our, um, you know, shelf monitoring solution, for example, and uh, resell it or like help, help, the end, help us basically, or like help the, both us and the end customer um, scale and deploy the technology. So it's, it's, it's a mix and uh, mix and match. We sell directly to end customers. However, we also sell to solution providers. Um, and in terms of the, the, the business model, it's a, it's a SaaS model, um, a monthly recurring fee for access to uh, our platform or for access to our um, uh, solution like application. And so you mentioned you just um, what in implemented a, in a in a large European retail chain, and I understand this is like hundreds and hundreds of stores, and so like millions of uh, products and and thousands of SKUs, if not dozens of thousands um, of SKUs. And so, what's what's the earning potential with this kind kind of client? Can you cover this? Uh, it's. I mean, without sound, <laughs> sounding too vague, it's it's huge. I mean, think about just the um, what, what the shell monitoring solution is is doing is is one 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 tool to address a huge prog problem in the retail space, which is out of stocks. Uh, however, you know uh, the problem, the out of stock problem, is a lot more complex than just spotting that something is missing from the shelf. You need to understand why uh, why something is missing. Is it something to do with the uh, store operations? Is it something to do with the suppliers? Uh, maybe our um, purchasing team hasn't planned accordingly. So, you know, the the supply chain uh, in in retail is extremely, extremely complex. But in order to tackle this problem, which um, it, it is a six hundred billion problem, believe it or not, and uh, and actually, this is uh, something that uh, Walmart uh, came up with. I mean, it, it, it hurts Walmart a lot. So for them alone, it's a three billion uh, annual uh, problem. Uh, of course, this won't be solved uh, with shelf monitoring only alone. But shelf monitoring, uh, it's kind of like it's it's a prerequisite to to solve that problem because you need to you need to be able to have the the, the ground truth. You need to 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 know how how your shelves are looking right now or even like throughout the day if you want basically you need to be aware of the problem before you actually start uh, mm -hmm. looking so just this specific application it, it you know it's the the the, the potential um it, from a you know total addressable market is huge but uh i i think you know and this is just kind of like front store uh operational improvement but you can think about like all like similar problems that are happening like along this value chain from the moment the 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 SKU gets manufactured right uh, you have like quality control you, you need the manufacturers they need to make sure that um, an SKU is in a great state uh, when 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 it leaves the factory then you okay. have the people that need to take that product and put it uh, inside the uh, the supermarkets and, but the story doesn't uh, doesn't stop that this journey. You have the consumers; they pick the products right in inside the stores. They took it uh, uh, to, to their homes. Um, there's a lot of uh, work being done these days um, uh, by the main uh, fridge manufacturers, for example, come trying to coming up with these uh, solutions to basically uh, empower the the customers to to be a bit more. Um, 
like self-aware about what's uh, what's inside the fridge, like about their eating habits. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then eventually all the way, uh, ideally and hopefully to the recycling uh, plant. So you can see how uh, we we call uh, we we coined this term uh, the SKU journey. Uh, so it starts uh, at the manufacturing plant and it ends uh, in uh, uh, in a recycling plant, ideally. And along this journey, um, there are many many different stops, uh, to to put it that way, where um, uh, computer vision could provide, or like the visibility, the automated, accurate visibility that computer vision uh, gives you can can enable a lot of uh, improvement in um, in in efficiency. Look, um, this is computer vision based. Uh, company, right, and, and project, and it seems to me like with all the all the like zillion of uses of computer vision, you might um, you might come to a moment where you think, ah, what the hell? Here's another use case that we could pivot into. Do you have any alternative, let's say, uh, business context where you think your product would be very useful? And just to give you maybe a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a help there, we are now like, I think somewhere in between lockdowns of like COVID, COVID, uh, COVID times, you know, uh, judging by these statistics. Do you think your, um, got your team and your solution and your like brain power in the company will be able to uh, create a like mask detection I mean solution, computer, ba computer vision based? Which is easy, which should be easier for you, right? This is something that's already been done and it's nothing uh, ah, okay. complicated there. But I mean, you could even use our platform. All you would have to do, and actually I didn't mention it, but you can bring your own 3D models uh, onto our platform. So you can generate your 3D model of a mask or you can buy it. There are like marketplaces uh, uh, online where you can, uh, you know, for $20, $30, you can get a 3D model, bring it onto our platform and generate your data and get your model. But these are this not- This is critical. This is critical, sorry. So I have my data set. I bring it to your, mo to your, to your platform and in no time I can I, implement it into my business context. Yeah, it's, it's, the only uh, problem here is that you, 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 don't have, you don't need to bring your data set because we give you the data set. You bring the- you bring the 3D assets or you choose from our catalog or, or, or you, you, you tell us basically what you want to, uh, to recognize. And we, we can, I mean, from as little as six photos, we can reconstruct the 3D asset for you. I see, okay. But that's the whole to point of, of our okay. platform. The fact that you don't need your, to bring your data because if you have your data, you can take it to, you know, Google's auto other platforms, okay. Ramos, um, I know you will need to run to another meeting right very soon. Let's uh, try and um, jump to the next rounds of this uh, conversation. So round number two, competitors. Of all the competitors out there, who would you say are your, I don't know, most dangerous or most, or, or best to follow, best to follow and, and try to like, you know, crush them sometime in future? Uh, I, to be completely, completely honest, I don't, so we, we operate in a space, this synthetic data uh, space, it, it's something that's still very fresh out of uh, academia. Uh, uh, if you ask 
people, most of them will tell you that it's something that uh, isn't uh, proved, uh, hasn't been proved so far, uh, hasn't been validated basically by, by the industry. So it's, it's, it's a space, uh, it's still in its, in its infancy uh, and there is, there is room for everyone. Uh, there's no clear uh, leader in the synthetic data game. Uh, okay. there, there are probably three companies that are at series A level, uh, let's put it that way. Um, or probably even just one. Uh, what we've seen is that most of these companies get snapped by um, by 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 big big tech companies uh, pretty early on in their uh, trajectory. So uh, we we used to keep an eye on this company from the states. Uh, it's called AI Reverie. Uh, they were, I would say, probably top, definitely top five, top three, even. Uh, synthetic data generations companies, and uh, three weeks ago they got acquired by Facebook. So now, by who? Like, say it again. Say it again. By who? By Facebook. By Facebook. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. And now we have this bracketing with the uh, with the beginning of the conversation about metaverse. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know this. I didn't know this, but I think this was uh, this was fed into my brain by metaverse kind of um, brain out there. Okay. So uh, in this. Synthetic synthetic data recognition, I understand. So this is still in the infancy, not very far from academia, not many companies in the space reaching like what advanced stages. And just as you said, uh, the giants, as soon as they see somebody up and running in this space, they're just acquiring, basically acquiring the team, right? The brain power. Because I understand the products are not yet there, uh, finally. Yeah. Uh, it's more a bet on, uh, on, on the talent and the, the brains mm -hmm. of those. Uh, but I can tell you for sure that we, we are one of the, the very, very few companies that have deployed uh, uh, into production like synthetic computer vision. So, and by that, I mean that algorithm, computer vision algorithms that are, are trained purely on synthetically generated data. Usually you would see like many companies, you know, uh, going with a mix of uh, synthetic and real. Um, and another, I would say, uh, differentiating uh, aspect here is that uh, you have you have quite a few companies that focus on synthetic data generation uh, and that's it so they, they stop there they, they give you the data and, and that's it whereas we for many different reasons we uh, we we keep the data generation and the model training together because we rely on a strong loop between like feedback loop between uh, the two um, and but I don't want to get now um, uh, in, into you know too, a too technical conversation. But that's why I'm, I'm finding it a bit difficult to, to put ourselves on on the competitor um, horizon. Uh, yeah. Round three is very quick. Um, Q and A first and foremost. Like what, you're a busy CEO, co-founder. I understand. Do you have any productivity hacks? And again, not a program, but a, like the way of doing things that you could share. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I try to hire very smart people. <laughs> no, of course. Ah, amazing. Okay. So, and your own productivity hacks, other than using uh, other human beings. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a tech tech person by training, so I do enjoy uh, quiet time. I'm probably also a bit of an introvert um, on uh, on uh, on on an emotional side. Uh, what what I found out that works very well for me is to uh, have these uh, sessions of deep work throughout the day. So what I do usually, uh, I plan for the week ahead 
uh, at least uh, one uh, one session one session of an hour and a half of deep work every day uh, and this is like a time where I, I, I get off Slack, I uh, switch off my email. Uh, I, I actually book my calendar so that uh, uh, people know that I'm booked. And during this one and a half hour, I'm super productive. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, it's this is the morning, the morning um, time. So, but of course, uh, it, it varies and it's different for each and uh, everyone. So, yeah, uh, kind of like blocking... Um, blocks of time uh, in, in my calendar. Um, I'm also trying to to not be almost like like not be available. I know I, I hope it doesn't sound like too too bad, but like I, I, I'm trying not to jump on, 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 on an email like the, the first minute it hits me or even like the first hour. So I like to to time box uh, kind of like replying to email. So I have like a session in the morning and one uh, in uh, in the evening, kind of like late afternoon. Okay. So these are kind of things that I, I found that work pretty well for me. Otherwise, it's very easy for me to get dragged into, you know, uh, many different things just because, you know, I keep an eye on, uh, uh, I, I, I like, I, I, I feel, I know and I feel the tech very, very well, but I'm mostly involved in sales. So, for me, everything is kind of like interesting, both from the customer side, from the user side, but also from the tech side. So it's 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 a bit difficult sometimes to uh, not get distracted by seemingly interesting uh, developments uh, in in uh, different areas of the company. Yeah, but interesting insight there. So in a nutshell, so you say deep work session where you just um, you just shell yourself out like from from the rest of the world, business or company or otherwise, and just focus on what top priority jobs or, or, or things to do. And also you try to cluster similar types of activities right into a one time unit. So it's like two, three times a day you check emails and other all the all the rest of the day you are free from email checking, so to say. Okay. Interesting. Quick, like quick and to the, to the point. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. I just want to 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 uh, add one last thing. So the, these deep uh, deep work sessions are usually um, reserved for like activities or like pieces of work that require a, a lot of intense uh, uh, mental activity. So it won't be like just uh, almost like semi-automatically replying to email. It's more about okay time to think a little bit about uh, a strategy or like, uh, I don't know, like a strategic collaboration proposal or, you know, kind of like the the, the, the important things, basically. Probably the, those things, the 20% that uh, uh, accounts for 80% of the uh, results that you end up seeing. Ramos, let's move on. The company, so in a nutshell, company is three years old, more or less. You are almost exactly to the day three years. Um, your founders are a team of three I guess uh, Remus Pop, yourself, co-founder, COO as well, right? Uh, Paul Pop, co-founder, CEO, and Patrick Fulop, co-founder, CTO, I guess. And so Paul Pop is your... Not my brother. brother? No, okay. No, no we, we, we just share the same surname, uh, but uh, we are not uh, related in, uh, in any way. Uh, but the two ah, of us... Interesting like uh, uh, lifelong friends. We, we we met more than 10 years ago at the oh, university. Wow. Actually, with Patrick, we know each other going back to secondary school in, in Romania. So I guess okay. that's kind of like our um, um, kind of like central 
an Eastern European um, story. Uh, all three of us Romanians uh, left uh, Romania uh, for um, for the UK uh, after high school to, to study at university here in actually in Edinburgh in Scotland. Uh, then uh, we, we all pursued technical, um, more or less technical degrees. Uh, after university, we each kind of like um, uh, man, uh, followed our own path. And then uh, we got back together three years ago and um, yeah, put into practice our student, student days dream to start a company. Oh. To and you are now in Edinburgh. Uh, I'm uh, I'm in Edinburgh. Paul is in Edinburgh as well, and Patrick is in London. Ah, okay, okay. Interesting. So, and the company is um, around 15, 16 people right now. I understand. Are you are you hiring now? And if yes, what are the most challenging roles and positions? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, uh, we we aren't that many. We are only uh, around 11, 12 people at the moment. However, we are in the process of hiring. Um, we are also in the process of uh, fundraising um, for our seed round. Uh, but yeah, hiring is it's, it's a tough one, um, especially you know uh, hiring technical uh, technical uh, talent. And uh, we computer vision engineers and computer graphics engineers they are in extremely high demand at the moment. Um, it's 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 a tough game to to get. Uh, people to to actually believe in, in what you are building, but also to to join you. Like, why wouldn't they go and uh, you know work for uh, the the big tech companies? Uh, but we we do we do manage to be a bit successful by solely by the fact that what we are doing is quite um, quite 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 unique. It's almost like a, a shift in uh, the computer vision paradigm. Uh, also, I mentioned that I'm in Edinburgh uh, because we are uh, all of us at University of Edinburgh alumni and here in Edinburgh, the computer vision, um, the computer vision space is, is quite strong. It has a very long tradition, especially in academia. So we are very close to the university and that allows us to, uh, to, to hire, especially junior people. Uh, talented and uh, very, uh, you know, eager to prove themselves. However, it, it's still a bit, yeah, like all that stuff apart, it's, it's, it's still a bit difficult to hire. But that's why we can like, although we originated in Romania and then we open an office in UK as well, now we are kind of like remote first. Uh, we have people in uh, Germany, in France, uh, Romania, the UK, and I, I guess that's kind of like the new normal, right? Especially in, in tech, um, it, it's kind of like becoming a must uh, if you want to attract um, the, the yeah. right people. Yeah, yeah, and this new hype on the remote work uh, is, makes it easier to justify uh, hiring people remote just because you can hide behind the trend. Uh, although I'm, I'm of the opinion that of course, face-to-face -face cooperation and like rubbing elbows uh, with your teammates every day is a little bit more, more effective, but hey, what can you do, right? The, the, the challenges, um, this like modern, like nowadays challenges just make it necessary to adjust and to adapt and remote probably saves, saves, saves lots of uh, company right now, companies right now. Let's move on to last, uh, last but not least, round five, which we call round F3, Formula F3, which is funding, funding for the future. So you mentioned you are now in the raising um, stage uh, yourself and funded by now, 
uh, totals around 1.2 million euros. And this was the, like all of this uh, uh, brought you to precede round, I guess, right? Right, right. So right. Let, let me just mention let me just mention the investors uh, on your deck right now. So seven percent ventures, ID four ventures, uh, and now your lights go off. Uh, text Techstart ventures, <laughs> uh, Luna ventures, and um, some other angels as well, right? Now, yes. so tell me, as 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 long as you are now in the seed kind of uh, stage, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm financing Sorry. round. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move on. Anyways, tell me who is your ideal ideal venture capital partner? How would you define? Like, who are you targeting right now? Anybody giving money, or you have a specific target by now? No, no. Of, of course, uh, you don't want to just uh, you know get in bed with uh, anyone that you encounter. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. We, we we do have in uh, in mind like a few. So. Uh, for the pre-seed round, we we looked very much into getting people that understand deep tech because at, at, at the at the core we are a deep tech company. Uh, we 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 didn't want you know uh, the the classic I know uh, uh, spreadsheet investors that would chase MRR from day one. We wanted people okay. that could understand our technology, could also understand the 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 significant impact that our technology could bring. To, to, to computer vision in general, and then, you know, automation, all that stuff. And of course, we, we did want some, some uh, VCs to kind of like uh, keep us a bit, you know, grounded uh, in, in reality, because at the end of the day, you do need to create some value, uh, some business value that's, of course, quantified in revenues uh, and things like that. So uh, for the pre-seed round, most of our uh, VCs were European-based ones. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we we are trying to get closer to, to the U.S. market, of course, uh, uh, just because we are seeing uh, a lot of interest uh, and traction in the synthetic uh, synthetic computer vision space coming from the states, and um, we believe that it's it's kind of like a it's 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 a and together with the automation story that we can tell, it, it's something that. Uh, uh, resonates a lot uh, with the U.S. market at the moment. However, having said that, it's not like we are, uh, uh, you know, not paying attention to the European one. Ideally, I think we still want to to, to get a, a well-renowned European uh, VC, just because uh, we are probably one of the very very few synthetic data companies in Europe, and we do believe there's a lot of opportunity here in Europe, uh, and especially uh, if. If, if we plan to stay in the retail space, you know, it's it, there's a lot to do here in Europe. And I think we we would like to have a, a, a well-known uh, European VC uh, still involved in, uh, in, in our life. Uh, so for this round, yeah, we, we are looking uh, to, to raise 4 million uh, mm -hmm. dollars. Uh, it could probably, I know, uh, this kind of like small detail could be dollars, euros. Um, and uh, we are looking to to get uh, ideally a VC that brings, although it's a VC round, ideally it would be a VC that can uh, help us a lot uh, in the next round, which will be a Series A. So for us, it's a it probably be like a typical Series A VC that's doing seed uh, seed investments every now and then, just because it will save us a lot of time, uh, you know, with the when 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 the next round comes. 
Okay, and last question. So you are targeting right now 4 million US or Euro, European dollars, so to say. What would be your goal and how do you plan to use this uh, money? Like wh wh where are the pain points? Yeah, so to begin with, we, we, we will become the go-to provider of computer vision technology in the grocery space. And in order to achieve this, we, we will need to build the largest 3D asset catalog for the grocery space. Mm -hmm. That will take um, uh, some, some of the money. Um, however, I, I showed you a demo of the platform. Uh, we, we really want to, not just to continue the, the development of our technology, but we want to put it uh, in, in, inside that platform. And in this way to put this technology that we believe is revolutionary in the hands of uh, uh, pretty much anyone that's interested in automating some, uh, some uh, real world application. And we want to cater not just for the computer vision experts necessarily, but also uh, to, to the non-experts, non-computer vision um, uh, experts okay. as well. And that's kind of like, okay. yeah, we're leaning more towards automation. And um, yeah, a, a lot of effort will go towards, um, uh, towards that goal as well. Okay, Ramos, with this, we have to finish um, uh, this chat. Um, thanks a lot for this uh, insight into the product. Congratulations with what you have achieved now. Good luck with the um, financing round, investment round, and uh, we will try to keep track of your successes. Go build your Rome. I could not avoid this uh, <laughs> this illusion. Go build your Rome and conquer, you know, create your own Roman empire in the retail space with your computer vision-based um, solutions. Great, thank you very much. Love this podcast. Thanks a lot for having me uh, here, and yeah, uh, happy to uh, to be back anytime in the future. Bye.